I don't want us to be stuck under this idea that we're not being mentored when everybody is mentoring you, right? Especially your tribe is mentoring you. Don't miss those moments. Hey, everybody. I'm Elise Real. And I'm Isha Bell. And this is Full-Time Black Women, a community for black professional women to live, laugh, grow, and feel the soul. So who are we talking to today, Elise? We have a very, very special, wonderful guest. If you don't know, now you know, we are here talking to Steph. <laughs> yes, yes. So excited. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. We are so excited to have her. And if you don't know, let's go through the bio, make it clear, make it plain. Steph is a communications professional with over 15 years of experience in print and digital media, publications, marketing, and event management in the nonprofit sector. She has worked in communications and events offices for the University of Pittsburgh, the City University of New York at Queens College, and most recently at Community Healthcare Network, where she oversaw press events publications, external and internal websites, and internal and executive communications. Additionally... Just say the whole business. I mean, Just say the whole business. She did I it mean, all. Come on. She did everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, she has published freelance pieces for Essence.com. Get them! Yes! What? <laughs> and Clutch Magazine. Ow! And her works garnered her recognition for the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA, and the International Association of Business Communicators, IABC. She oversees the entire communications functions for a large national nonprofit and responsible for designing and supporting the execution of strategies to advance communication, branding, and public relations priorities and ensure all communications are effective across a variety of key internal and external stakeholder groups. I mean, she's just doing a damn thing. Just let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> Steph holds a BA in English writing from the University of Pittsburgh and is a member of Zeta Phi Beta Soror- Sorority Incorporated. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> clapping up for all of that, all the accolades, every little bit of it. Yes. She ain't playing. Giving her her flowers. She ain't playing. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. I'm never going to get used to hearing a bio about myself. It's like slow death. <laughs> <laughs> Why, girl? Yeah, pump that chest up, hold that head high, have that chin up. Like, what? Yep, yep. So I'm much trying. more going to add to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying. It's part of my executive strategy. But I'm really excited. I'm honored to be here with you guys today. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Yeah. Yes. Thank absolutely. you for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are going to get into this uh, topic, Minty to mentor, which so many full-time Black women need um, when it comes to career development. And sometimes we just don't have the resources or the know-how of how to get in both of those spaces. So before we get into those stats for that ass, we're going to go to this commercial break. Yo, I wonder how many of these Pod Love segment podcasts have actually started their podcast with Buzzsprout. They are by far one of the best partners to have when starting your podcast in this space. Yeah, I mean, we use Buzzsprout. Guess what? Buzzsprout don't use us. Right. Because we are 
truly partners. When we say that stuff, we're not just saying it, saying it. We believe it because we feel it. Yes. Now, Buzzsprout makes it so easy to, first of all, start your podcast and get it listed in every major podcast platform. When you click on the link, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Buzzsprout forward slash, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card after signing up for a paid plan. And guess what? It helps us out too. Absolutely. And when she says every major podcast platform, she really does mean every from Apple, Google, Spotify, CastBox, all of them, every single one. And it's easy to do. Just find yourself a quiet space, get yourself some gear that you already have and run your mouth. M-O-U-S. M-O-U-F. And during this time, I'm pretty sure you had some ideas, some opinion about something that's going on in the world that you feel like you want to share with everyone else. Go ahead. Click on the link, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash, and you will be able to get your message out to the world. Right. And not only that, you'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your own personal website, just like we do, and detail analytics because you want them stacked for that ass uh, on your podcast who's listening when they listening where they're listening from so do like Isha said click on the link in the show notes fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash to get your $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and we are back. All right. So y'all know what time it is. Hey. But we can go ahead and get started with those stats for that ass. Hey, stats for that ass. Hey, we bringing hey, you hey, the facts with some stats for that ass. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> okay, ladies. According to a LinkedIn survey of nearly 1,000 women in the U.S., 82% agreed that having a mentor is important to the trajectory of your career. And yet one in five women never had access to a mentor with over half of those respondents reporting that they were not able to find someone appropriate for their career development. So we know 82% of us are saying it's important, but most of us are saying, I don't know how to get there. Right. So what do you guys feel about those stats? I am. I guess I'm in the stats. I'm I'm one of the stats because it was it was difficult for me uh, in looking for a mentor and finding someone. And I can honestly say I never really had one. And so I I'm in these stats. I agree with this. I agree with this 100 percent. It's sad, but it's true. Sad, but it's true. What about you, Steph? What about you, Steph? Um, I, I probably I mean, the stats are correct, but I hope in our conversation we start to reshape what we think about the mentor and mentee relationship. And I think if we dig a little deeper into those stats, we're going to find that more women have mentors that are not identified. Mm. Right. Um, but I, I'm a, a stat, a stat for that ass is like a stat. So you can't, you can't dispute it. That's what it is. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. It's all about your opinion. But yeah. I think that's a little more high level than we think it is. That's, mm. that's, that's what I think. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Mentee to mentor. Yes. Yes. So mentee to mentor, this is something near and dear to all of our hearts and we want to get your take on this stuff. So can you share with us kind of how you got started on your journey to become a VP in your industry? What it took to get there? Just break it on down. Uh, well, so I started, like you said, at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. And I think what I hope you take uh, after this is that 
every opportunity is an opportunity if you let Mm -hmm. it be an opportunity, right? So I started at the University of Pittsburgh as an undergraduate. Um, I started the Black Action Society, which is our Black student union at Pitt. Um, I got to be, um, I forgot what the chair name was called, but basically I ran the paper, um, the Black Student Union paper. And it really, I'm going to like, this is not a horn toot. And I'm, I have to stop saying that because like my mentor told me to stop saying that. So this is not a <laughs> horn toot. Um, but I really elevated that paper. I was really passionate about it. So I turned it from like a newspaper to like a glossy magazine. It was great. So one of the um, people in the um, university that was kind of like, for lack of a better word, a benefactor of the Black Action Society. He was a Black executive at Pitt. He headed our public affairs office, took special interest in that. So, um, you know, we had conversations around that. I kind of like ambushed him once and we've been rocking ever since to this day. Uh, He, I was coming out of college at the height of the recession and he gave me um, a job. Well, not gave me, I applied for and got a job Mm -hmm. that we still talk about now. Like, was it a real job? I don't remember applying to a uh-huh. posting, but whatever. <laughs> um, I went to work in uh, the public affairs office. And again, opportunity is what you make it. I got paid $27,000 to do that mm-hmm. job a year, right? And I took it because it was in the industry that I wanted, that I knew I had wanted to be in. And I did like, what, what was considered menial, right? Like I put together like press binders and stuff like that. But as you get further into your career, you realize that you actually need to know how to do that stuff, right? You can't supervise or help anybody do it unless you know how to do it. I did stuff like that. Um, And at the end of the year, I had reached a year. I said, oh, I'm going to leave. Like I'm going to look for a new job. And he gave, he then created, and this is on the record, a position for me to be his assistant. So in that, I really dealt a lot with, um, the partnerships of, of Black uh, Pittsburgh. So I did a lot of work with uh, Three Rivers Youth, uh, the NAACP. I did a lot of work for, I mean, the university itself. We also published Blue, Gold, and Black, which is a biannual celebration of the Black experience in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was like my first full-length publishing. And that went on to win a lot of awards. That was amazing. Um, still in my portfolio. Yeah. I still reference okay. it. It's a yeah. building block. Uh, right. And then I left. Um, there I moved to Chicago to be with my sister and I worked for a web company, which at the time, again, I want to say, I didn't know. I was like, I just need a job. And I didn't know that this job would be helpful, but I needed like money. Everything I know about web management, search engine optimization, heat mapping, customer service on the website, what a backend looks at was from that job. And I mm-hmm. say that in retrospect, because I know when I was there, I was like, miserable, I don't want to do this, whatever, but it set me up. And I did it and I did it well, right? I did it to the best of my ability. And I came back to New York. Um, I got into events at the City University of New York. That gave me a lot of exposure to like political New York. I worked with people like Chuck Schumer, who is now, you know, majority leader. I mm-hmm. worked with a lot of elected officials, a lot of like celebrities. I did some work with Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, at the city university because the person that I was supposed to work for left mm, like okay. really unexpectedly. Yeah. And I was charged with like running the office. Um, again, you don't think you're ready for it. Um, you do it, you do it to the best of your ability. I left, I went to community healthcare network, which is huge. It's the largest federally qualified health center network in New York state. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in as an event manager, right? And I just worked and worked. 
really hard at the stuff we through galas and stuff. And then one day, um, the girl who did the newsletter was out. And they were like, Steph, do you think you could put together this newsletter? And because I had worked on a website, I knew how to use web mm-hmm. interface. Be- because I was a writer and I was still freelancing, I knew how to write. Um, so I did it once and I changed out some stuff. I was like, I think this is cooler. So I presented a draft and all of a sudden I was the communications person, right? Just <laughs> like that. They were like, oh my God, you took it to the next level. They gave and me a And she was like, damn, I was just out for one sick day. You just took my damn job. <laughs> They were like, Stephanie, what happened? And I was like, I honestly don't know what happened. But from there, I remember um, the CEO had an initiative where he was like, I want to send out a Friday memo to all of the staff. Can you take a look at it for me? And I said to him, I'm a really hard editor. Like, are you mm-hmm. sure? And he was like, yeah, just take a stab at it. I ripped that apart. I was like, I don't know why he's saying that. <laughs> red, red, red. All the marks. And so what? Uh, when I sent it to him, I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, it was great. So all of a sudden I became his editor. And then I started doing all of the executive communications, the board management, fundraising, and it progressively I got more and more so that when I came into my current position, I had had just the right amount of experience in all of these weird things, like these like seemingly unrelated things to run a communications office, mm-hmm. right? I did a little bit of press. I did a little bit of... so. I always say to people, like, it doesn't look like an opportunity now, mm-hmm. right? But do your best in it now. Take advantage. Because, right. Because through doing all these little things, I had people like mentors who took notice and wanted to hitch onto my wagon and be like, oh, I have something to add to that trajectory. Um, just because of space and time. You know, I also did associations. I became chair uh, chair on the New York Urban League. I, you know, you just have to be able to put yourself in the situations that get you noticed. And I think that really has helped my career so far. Yes. Well, I think that is an excellent story of elevating a career. And truthfully, in such a short period of time, you know, like 15 years, but you've been busting it right for 15 years. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And just... You never took any chance for granted. Like you you said, you went into each opportunity, whether you enjoyed it or not, and made a mark there. You took uh, the the most from that that experience that you could. And even though it might not have looked glamorous to those on the outside, it got you to a place that you could make the biggest impact, both in your career and your growth. I mean, I think early on my in my career when I was working for Robert Hill, who is still my mentor and one of the best people I know, one day I was late in the office, seven o'clock, I was writing a speech and he was there. And um, he just looked around, he came out of his office, he kind of poked around and then he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, what is he talking about? He had this stack of papers and he went to make copies. And I ran and I said, Robert, I could do that for you. And he was like, I know how to make copies. You think I, and he said to me, you think I would be running this shit? if I didn't know how to make copies (laughs) and that really stuck out to me, you need to be able to do everything anybody you're asking can do, right? You might not be able to specialize in it, but you should never think you're above it. And I really took that as, you know, such, it was such an opening moment because I think when we look in your twenties at your career trajectory, you want to be a boss, right? You're just like, I just want to be a boss. Mm -hmm. I want to be a boss. 
but bosses actually do the grunt work before they're a boss. And you can't miss that step. It is so valuable. And I tell all my mentees that too. And I also was not dumb. Okay. I took contracts. Uh, I did work on the side um, to get my name out there. And some of it, I know this is like, you're not supposed to say that, but some of it, I did it for free. I think you have to weigh where this will get you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's out for a check, but sometimes you do need to be visible. I wrote a speech for the president of the NAACP when I was in Pittsburgh and I was pissed. I'm talking too much, but I'll tell this story. Oh no, (laughs) No, please. All of it. (laughs) I was leaving the office on a Friday and, at like six o'clock and Robert comes and he's like, Oh, Steph, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Got to get home. And he's like, Oh, I have something for you. And I said, what's going on? He said, I need you to write this speech for me. I said, Oh, okay. For you. And he said, no, it's, it was for another person, uh, at a, at a organization that was pretty mm-hmm. high level in Pittsburgh. And, um, I said, oh, okay, I'll work on that next week. He goes, no, no, I need that by Monday. And I said to him Monday, I mean, my boyfriend's coming into town. I, my boyfriend was from out of town. Mm-hmm. I said, my, my boyfriend's coming into town. He's coming in from Chicago. Like, I can't, I can't do it this weekend. And he said to me, I'll never forget. Oh, well, it's a good thing you're pretty. He'll enjoy looking at you. See you Monday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a laughed. devil was Prada moment. Right? Okay. <laughs> like, and when I talked to him like eight years later about that moment, he didn't remember it. And I said to him, like, you don't remember? I broke up with the guy. And he was like, hey, you probably you probably should have broken up with him. And I was like, no, no, no. And then he said to me, you had decisions to make. Did you want a career or did you want a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you could have picked whichever one you wanted, right? And you chose a career because I had that to him on Sunday. Sure did. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I had that to him on Sunday. And he said, never second guess your decision because just like you could have said no i'm going to spend time with my boyfriend you would have picked the trajectory Mm -hmm. so all that to say to everything there's a downfall right yeah and that speech wouldn't be an award wonderful let me you never clap know up for that clap Listen up for that, that. portfolio <laughs> yeah clap it up know. for that yes two two beat yeah. beat honk honk how about that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you mentioned, you know, about your one of your first mentors that helped you get to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Um, But could you share with us what do you think are some steps you believe professional black women can uniquely take to seek uh, mentorship? So. I'm going to start here, I think a lot of people don't realize being asked to be a mentor is a really big ask. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's the if somebody's like, can you mentor me? It's kind of like, oh, can I? Like I want to adopt this kid. Right. <laughs> and that too. And like you think about your schedule, right? Like uh-huh. w- when you're in a position like mine, time is like this resource that you just don't have anymore. Right. And like everybody looks at like, oh, she gets somebody to clean her house. She gets a, because my time is like really stretched thin. So when somebody's asking to be when you're asking somebody to mentor you, you're asking them for their time. Right. That's mm-hmm. a really big ask. Um, I advocate more for asking questions. I don't think you ever have to tell your mentor that they're your mentor. Mm-hmm. I have mentors that if I, t- I'm like, Oh, my mentor, Robert, he'll be like, what happened? Like, I don't even think he knows right mm-hmm. that he's my mentor, but he's a person in my mind that I go to. And then that makes the lift not so big. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you could ask me all the questions you want. That's fine. 
But to ask me to be your mentor, I'm going to be like, I don't have time because a person who's been mentored knows that that's something not to be taken lightly. Like that's like a Mm -hmm. real ask and you want to do it well. So um, I'm not an advocate for like asking to be asking somebody to be your mentor. I just want to start what about naturally that. seeking that relationship. Yeah. Right. That w- could that's, that's turn into a mentorship. To. Right. So I am an advocate for one, authentically be yourself, right? In every space you show up in. I say all the time, this, this job that I have right now, I interviewed like I wasn't going to get the job. And every time they called me, I'd be like, why are they still calling me? Because <laughs> I was so authentically myself. You know, I, I, I said what I meant. Uh, if they were doing something that I thought was wrong, I told them, this is how you could make it better. Um, and with Robert, uh, I actually emailed him because he had written an article in the Post-Gazette that I did not agree with. I was like, I got points. Like, I got stuff. And I wrote him an email. I was like, I was just like some clarification on this, 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 and this. Now, this is a person I knew I wanted to pick his brain, but I didn't want to be like, take me on as a client. I was an undergraduate, you know? So I made his lift low. I said, Oh, Hey, this is Stephanie. Thank you for your support of black line. I just wanted to ask questions about this article. And then he called me. I was like, why don't you come to my office and we'll talk about it. Right. (laughs) So I went to his office, this big, beautiful office and his assistant was there and we had banter and we had like points that he didn't think about that I brought to. So then when I was graduating, it was easy for him to be like, yeah, she's a great asset. She's going to tell me what she thinks. And it, and, and that became our relationship. I challenge him um, probably too much still. Uh, hey, it worked know, or whatever. We right? had this really big argument about his article about the Black Panther. I was just like over it. Like, you know, so, but he knew, he knows authentically who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's not somebody that I'm like, you are my mentor. He is somebody that I check in with often. You know, like I, I, Hey Robert, this is what's going on in my life. What's going on with yours? How is your consulting business going? Whatever. Because I think one of the biggest misconceptions people have about mentee mentor relationships are that they are purely one-sided. Mm-hmm. All relationships have to be reciprocal. What are you bringing to your mentor? Right. Mm-hmm. So to my mentor, I bring youth, right. An ability to connect with younger people. I'm slowly losing that as I get up in age, but I bring youth. <laughs> I bring. <laughs> I bring a fresh perspective and I bring him the truth because often these people that we put on the pedestal don't tell us the truth, right? They're, oh, you're great. You're fabulous. Oh, that was great. You're fabulous. If it was bullshit, it was bullshit. And I'll be like, well, you won that one, didn't you? And he'd be like, yeah, I did wing it. But did it show? Sure did. Sure did show. <laughs> like it did. That wasn't your best representation. Yep. You know? yep. But people at, the mentee, the people that you think should be mentors are also the people that look for realness in mm. the people around them. Cause so many people like BS them. It's just like amazing. Yeah, and I feel these, like so many people do turn them into like these walking, talking these gods. Icons. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're not gods. They're people just like you. So who calm are down. insecure about things, who have questions about things. Who like, sometimes don't even damn know. They right? don't know. And I, they need you to and help. If, so. And if you knew how much shooting in the dark we do at this level, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. I also, um, to that point, um, you have to be sure in what you're bringing to your relationships. Mm, right? What do you mean? You, yeah. Because when you're approaching somebody like th- who's a vice president and you're like 
right out of undergrad, right? You, there's this tendency to think that you don't have anything to add to the conversation. That's never true. I feel like a lot of full-time black women feel that way. I've personally felt that way before. Me too. You always have something to bring to the conversation, even if that's something. And I think I've been told, and I know it for sure. My superpower is that I ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People tend to not question authority. So when you walk in the room and I have like real questions that are based on the fact that I have done my research. I have thought about it. I have read about it. And so when I'm coming to you with questions, I'm not wasting your time. Like, I, w- I think you haven't thought about the whole thing through. Of that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Of my ability to take information and challenge you. That's my superpower. Be sure in whatever that is. Yes. And that might be your... How does uh, mentorship and professional Black women go together? Because... We already stated that a lot of women lack mentorship, right. but the numbers are even higher for full-time Black women, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So I think that Black women, and this is, goes back to the misconception of like having one mentor. We are tribal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you should have, a tri- you should have like, a, like a tribe of people who are driving you, right? I always refer to them as my internal board of directors. These are people who, if you talk to them, they won't even know that I consider them my mentor mm-hmm. or that they're shaping my career. But I put myself in rooms, in spaces with people that are so amazing. And I've maintained these relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So as Black women, our ability to congregate and uplift is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to lean into that. So on my board of directors, I have people I've served on boards with. I've had my sisters mm-hmm. who are powerhouses in their own, my mother, Robert. I have a sorority sister who I look at as, as a mentor all for different things so that the lift on one of them is not heavy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like spread out between a lot of them, because if you're looking at a person to be your mentor, the chances are they probably got a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. They, so you, you don't want the lift to be heavy as a black, as black women, we need to get comfortable with the ask. Yeah. Right? And how, there, how that, do we get right to there. that? How, how does that yeah. happen? Right you be sure in yourself and you shoot your shot. Like we have to be comfortable in one being told no and not taking it personally. It is not a reflection on you. If somebody tells you that they don't have the time, they probably don't have the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And you want somebody who is going to invest in you to be able to have the time, do it well. Like you want a good person on your board of directors. Right. Mm -hmm. So if they tell you, no, it's best for you. It is best for you not to waste your valuable time with somebody who is not going Chasing to be able after to you. for attention exactly. that they cannot get. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so, I think that's the real point, the ask. Yeah. The right, ask. Elise? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, the too. Ask. Like, we don't typically ask in general, either out of, out of like you said, fear of rejection or... Mm-hmm. Not when you don't see people that look like you in these positions is it's hard to even want to ask because there's already a, a power dynamic involved that can be intimidating um, when you mm-hmm. have people right. in higher positions. So would you, Steph, even recommend kind of breaking the color lines in order to to find or step into the mentor-mentee relationship? How do you feel? So I- this is a very, uh, this is a brave space, right? Safe space. Safe yes, space all day, every day. Absolutely. Okay. No. <laughs> Don't recommend <laughs> breaking the color. And I'll tell you why. And this is why, the only reason I really think 
I have to believe in that stat, that 82% that you recommended, Mm -hmm. because I think that's true, right? Because I don't think there are people to your point, uh, at least that are in the positions yet to be able for those 82% to have mentors that look like them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're growing in that number. So we're becoming more acceptable, but we're not there yet, especially with black women, right? For a number of reasons that you guys have covered on the show before. I'm a fan. Hey, thank you. So with that in mind, crossing the color line when it comes to, and not the color line itself, because brown women, I think uh, should be included, black and brown women. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also have to realize in your relationships that are nurturing you, there is a certain, there is a certain authenticity that is only allowed in our spaces, right? If we allow like a white woman to be our mentor, inherently there's a white savior thing going on Mm, in the back of your mind. mm. Inherently there's like, she doesn't really understand my question inherently. And so in a space that's as vulnerable as a mentee mentor relationship, I wouldn't recommend adding things. It's like dating somebody. um, It's like dating somebody from like middle America or like, and you're from New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is such a New Yorker no, no, no. talking. This is such I'm a New Yorker, a New Yorker talking right here. <laughs> Middle America. I don't know. And when I talk about, I talk about like, I talk about like Oklahoma. And like, yeah. not that they're bad people, but like, I right now couldn't date somebody who grew up in like the suburbs of Oklahoma because my confines don't allow for the, for the, for the nuances that relationship will bring. Mm-hmm. Right. For, there has to be a base level of understanding. So when you have a mentor that looks like you, there's a base level of like, these motherfuckers are strange. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, like, you don't have to these, jump like, hoops, th- jump right. through hoops to feel like, and you feel me? Right. right. And somebody will understand. I remember I was in a meeting with one of my white CEOs and I've only had three, I think. And he said, oh my God, Stephanie, you're so articulate. And I said, well, I got a degree from one of the top universities Uh in English. Mm -hmm. I think that was, wasn't that an assumption when you hired me? Right. And nobody understood what I was saying. You know, so even that baseline of understanding context that I didn't have to explain makes me very weary of stepping out. Yeah. And and not having a black mentor. But I will say, again, on your personal board of directors, you can have somebody that you trust to ask questions. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily molding and shaping you. So if Molly, sorry, that's probably racist. If Molly gave a presentation, I didn't say Karen. I want to say Karen. I didn't say Karen. So if Molly gave a presentation and you have points on her presentation, be like, hey, Molly, can we spend half an hour on lunch covering your points on that? I really wanted to dig in. She's not your mentor. Mm-hmm. She's somebody you're, you're, that you're juicing, right? Mm-hmm. You can follow up with Molly, sure, whatever. But don't expect for her to have context or don't expect her had to have your back in a boardroom. She's never going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, that's just is what it is. Mm. So that's my thoughts on that. Love it. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought more like that, but in people who are in spaces, you know, like corporate America, where I would say 99% of the people who positions you're actually looking to feel one day in the future don't look like you and don't have the same parts as you you know they're white males like our stats have shown that so it's like mentorship also i wanted to point out that a lot of people may not understand it could be a lateral connection it doesn't have to always be a vertical ladder you know Mm -hmm. like because you don't know what the next person next to you 
who they know and what they know, right. you know? So look at the lateral connections as well. Yes. Well definitely. said. Definitely. Well said. So Steph, why? Because we can tell that you're passionate about this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why is bringing attention to just the understanding of mentor mentee relationships important to you? And also how to smoothly transition into those relationships important to you? Right. So the, the transition I'll start with first, because I don't think it's a transition. I, I feel like we should go into these professional spaces with the understanding that if you see somebody who looks like you in a space you want to be in, it's probably because they still have somebody that they lean on. So the mentors are mm. often mentees to somebody, mm. right? That's a never giving. I'm still a mentee to a couple of people. I have mentees. Um, so it, it, I think we have to come in to these spaces with the understanding of you're always a learner. I think that's also something that always um, stuck, that always uh, interested people about me. I've never not been able to learn something out of a situation mm-hmm. continuously. Nobody knows it all. So when you know that about yourself, you know that about the people you're approaching, you know that about the people that they, in their circle, be always a learner, mm-hmm. right? I forgot the first part of your question. Say it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're sorry. good. Um, just why, why is bringing attention to the understanding of the mentor-mentee relationship important to you? Oh, yes. Because I think there are women, particularly Black women, who feel a direct because they can't say, I have a mentor. You're not missing out on anything, right? But you I, do feel that way, though. Right. Like, no, you yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. because everybody's successful, success story has said mentorship is important. Sponsorship is important. I wouldn't be here without so I was like, well, damn, that's why I'm still in the middle of saying right. has been but, And that's why I say that things are nuanced. If you really look, at, at your growth, both professionally and personally, because oftentimes, especially for Black people, women, those things collide, right? Yeah. If you were to really dig deep, there's somebody. They might not be your mentor, but there's somebody, if something happened in the office, you're like, let me call. I know I've had those conversations with a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. I know, to, to, to step outside the box, I know I've had a conversation like that with Isha Bell. And mm-hmm. she's probably been like, what is this? Like, you know, and I've had to be Get like, to oh. the point. Right. And I feel like she tells stories in her stories. And it's like, <laughs> is this the word problem? Is this the word problem? Ugh. Because there are layers to it, right? So like, yes. I would consider myself somebody who's on Isabel's personal board of directors. She's on mine, mm-hmm. right? Oh, so if man. I ever had to give this speech about who's influenced my life, she would be included. But if I'm so focused on finding the one person that's had influence, I miss that whole thing. I miss that whole roster of people. So I don't want us to get stuck. I think we get stuck on like this mentor mentee. It doesn't have to be that, that static, that rigid, Mm -hmm. right? It's a whole bunch of people. That's why people, when they get Grammys, right? They have like all these, I want to think the songwriter and the producer and the guy in the box and whatever, because it's not, you don't exist with one person and it's not vertical. It's not vertical. It's like all of these wiggly ways. And I think you have to take all of these wiggly ways and all of these people that you meet along the way and say, yeah, they did mentor me in that, in that sense for that time. Cause it doesn't have to be always Mm. for that lesson, because sometimes it's just that lesson that you needed Mm -hmm. them for. Right. Um, 
I don't want ever black women because we have real disadvantages, right? When we enter corporate America, real that we cannot change. I don't want us to be stuck under this idea that we're not being mentored when everybody is mentoring you, right? Especially your tribe is mentoring you. Don't miss those moments looking for one person to hold your hand. That's, that's like my real advice. Clapping it up. I mean, do y'all hear these gems, though? Do y'all hear the gems, though? <laughs> Hold on, let me get that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, you, how did you smoothly transition from being a mentee to a mentor? Yes. You know, because some people never I don't transitioned. Well, I mean, like now that you have been a men- mentee, now you have mm-hmm. mentees. How did you get to the point that now you are the mentor? You know, because some people oh. I feel like they could benefit from a mentee mentorship relationship as the mentee. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to being someone else's mentor, either they shy away from it or they just don't want to do it. Like, you know, you benefit right. from it. So why would you not give a helping hand to the next person to help them? Of up? course. I mean, I think that's how I live my life, though. I think that's a personal mm-hmm. aspect. Like I never I and this has been a running theme for our conversation. I've never been under the delusion that I got here by myself mm-hmm. anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a firm responsibility to to lift other people up. Right. There are people who have said to me in like I've been with like a person that invited me to their dance recital. They're like, oh, this is my mentor, Stephanie. And I've been like, oh, (laughs) 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 because I didn't because I didn't know. Right. But I had this relationship with this person who came. They asked me questions. They were interested. They asked me for my advice. And this is like in bits and pieces, yeah. right? Like shoot, shoot me a text like, hey, Steph, this happened. What do you think about that? It's been one conversation. Hey, Steph, what do you think about that? Had the conversation. Left, gone. They've, they've followed up with me for Christmas and birthdays. Like, oh, it's your birthday, whatever, whatever. So it hasn't felt like a tax on me, right? Mm. It's felt like this thing that just naturally occurred. So I think when, you, when we talk about I think I became a mentee in the same way I become a mentor. Mm-hmm. I ask questions. If you ask me questions, I will answer them. If you make me think, I will think and get back to you. And if you make it easy for me, I'm 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 probably going to jump on board. Right? I'm not into the. the what do you mean? Make book. it easy for yeah. you. Make it easy for me. Make it fun. Invite me to coffee. Be like, hey, can I have a half hour coffee with you? Buy it. Buy the coffee. <laughs> I always say this. I know I think buy the coffee because what we do want to see as a mentor is investment, right? Are you as invested in me as I am with you? Now, could I buy a $5 coffee? I'm a vice president. Mm -hmm. I can buy a $5 coffee. All right, bitch. I didn't say that. (laughs) All right. She said it. She didn't have to say it. We don't toot your horn. (laughs) We ain't toot the horn. (laughs) Yep. See? (laughs) I could buy a coffee. But I want to know that you are invested and that you value my time, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't come here with nothing. And just, oh my god, I remember this one girl hit me on LinkedIn and said, "Oh, can I uh, can I uh, ask you a couple of questions?" I said, "Sure." I gave her like twenty minutes. She was like, "So tell me about your career, girl. It's on LinkedIn." I don't. <laughs> I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't she hit me up for something? Right? Yeah. But it's like, but that you're wasting my time. Right. Mm. Where this one person, they got at me. Oh my God. I wrote this a Facebook status about it. They were like, Oh, Stephanie, uh, I have a class project. Can you help me out? I said, sure. She said, she sent me a link and she said, Oh, these are my available times. You could schedule yourself. Girl, 
I'm going to schedule myself to talk to you about something you asked me to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not, and that's not being very like high level. Like my time is so valuable. That's Your like, time is valuable. But that too, but you asked for something. Yeah. And that's a yeah. thing, right? If you asked for something, you have to be willing to do the work to get the thing you asked for. Mm-hmm. And if you're showing me on the onslaught that you don't even value what you're going after enough to do the work, we have nothing to talk about. She ain't never hear from me again talking about send me away. Because I live my life with the quote, that which we too easily obtain, we seldom hold in high regard. Mm-hmm. Tupac said, I don't want it if it's easy. Thank okay? you. That's a Tupac. Hey. Probably easy. Level. Okay. Right? And that's how you have to live your life. So I really became a mentor in the same way I became a mentee investment show investment be specific in your ask and don't waste my time yes <laughs> those yes. Are, and the transition is clear i love it i love it i have a question for you now and i guess these are uh along the lines of things that we can do to find a mentor and be a mentor. So my question here is how we talked about authenticity and the importance of authenticity. How do you balance the your authentic self between like ego and being at this level versus the vulnerability of exchanging ideas, knowing that, okay, I don't know everything. This person is challenging me as a mentee and, and like that dynamic. Right. So part of authenticity is knowing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. My ego is terrible. Terrible. I'm terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Not even, like, I'm, a, I'm a Leo. So like anything is a slight, anything is. So in authenticity, we have to have conversations with ourselves to say like, Steph, your ego is really big, but that job, do you want it? How bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to authentically humble yourself? Mm. and go after it, right? So that's why when we talk about authenticity, I also go to meetings with door knockers on because that's authentically me, you know? Mm. And then people yes. will be like, ah, your earrings, your earrings. But I'm like, no, no, that's presentable and fine, but I'm probably not going to curse in a meeting with my mentor right? because that's also authentically me. But you have to balance those things that make you authentic with the things that are appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? And then you have to know, like, again, like everybody ain't for everybody. Yeah. yeah. You don't want somebody who's not for you. So like sometimes you know, trying to- you know, how do you know that? Because if you're in a certain area and this person is the big man on campus, everybody need to know he knows every single person. And we already know 50 million people are running to them to try to get mentorship anyways. Like, how do you know? not to choose this person versus to choose the person next to them, you know? Yeah. Okay. So it's, can, but the person next to them is probably the best person. It's never the flashy person that you want. It's the mm. person who works because they'll teach you how to work. So mm-hmm. the big man on campus might have already hit his mentor prime. Uh-huh. They might not even be a good mentor anymore. They might be oversaturated, overused. They might be dealing with deficits that they left behind, right? Because often the people in like these super pe- positions have, have made sacrifices that they have to address later mm. in their life. So that person might be used up. It might be the person next to them who's the really great person who's in line to do the kind of things that they want you to do. And how you figure it out is you self-evaluate. You reach out to that person once. If they don't answer you, dead it. 
Mm-hmm. Don't refocus. That person is telling you they don't have the time to do this. Don't say anything again, right? Mm-hmm. If that person answers you in a way, I don't have time for this, you should never in your career do anything that makes you question looking at yourself in the mirror. If that person is not answering you twice, dead it. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. Those things will not change. Their career will only get bigger. Yeah. If they're telling you now that they don't have the space, respect it. Back off. And, and if you're like me with my ego, I'm like, oh, you're going to have to work with me someday. Don't worry about uh-huh. it. You'll come back around. <laughs> right. Do you remember this name? Yeah. Right. And, and let it drive you. Right. Because that has happened in my career where people who have been like, oh, she not for me, whatever, have been like, oh, that's my year. Can we? I do consulting. I'm like, ah. Nice to know. That's good to you. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and don't ask to be a mentor. I, I know I keep on saying that. No, do one's not ha- no one has to ever told mentored. me that before. Like yeah. you are the first person who has ever come out your mouth and said, do not ask don't someone ask. to be your mentor. No. Never. Don't. It's I mean, it's the best I'll, advice I've heard, but right? never heard it before. Don't. Yeah. Because, and again, it's this pressure on that word for both people. It's a pressure on the person who wants to be mentored and the person on the, the person who's being asked to be a mentor. Don't ask me like, just ask me the questions you want to know, invest and say, Hey, I value your time. Can I take you for a coffee? I know you have to be that. Send me a thank you note after our conversation. Mm. Like show that you're like a human being who's valued my time. Yeah. But like, don't ask me because the answer will probably be no. That's a big lift. Yeah. It's a big lift. And you have to know that these situations are evolving, right? So like, if I treat you like a person and I just check in and touch base and whatever, you'll be my mentor without me being even, without you even knowing. It'll just feel mm-hmm. so natural and so symbiotic. So don't ask for a mentor. Have your personal board of directors. I cannot say that enough because then all of these people share the lift. Yeah, I think that's so important. I love that that concept and the that analogy. Like if you're yeah. if you're heavy on one side, if you're heavy on the other side, you're tipping over. You got to keep it balanced. Yeah, it makes so much sense. You know, Aisha. Sometimes I don't feel like leaving my house. Why do you feel like you need to explain the world to me? Because I understand already. Yes, I don't either. That's why I use Instacart. I use Instacart to get my groceries delivered to my front door. Not only am I saving money with the coupons that they offer, but also it just kind of makes me feel fancy to say, leave the groceries at the front door, please. Exactly. I don't know why I became a Margaret, but hey, I'll do it. It sounded good to me. I will always uh, take the opportunity to be a Margaret especially when I have to carry my bags. I might be a strong, independent black woman, but sometimes I want to see the de- the deliveries and the groceries at my front door without lifting a finger. And it's awesome because those deliveries are hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. And guess what? They keep your eggs safe too. And you are able to actually shop at multiple stores on one single order. Once again, I'm not an Instacart uh, pro when it comes to doing that, but guess what? It's okay. We can all learn together. Yes. Um, the Instacart always highlights where you can save. I'm all about my money. Y'all know that. Absolutely. And all the products are, that you love from your local stores. And not only that, once you place your order over $35, you get free delivery once you use the link in the show notes. Fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash 
and join me on this little aristocrat. <laughs> I can't even get it out. Uh, Margaret. <laughs> Trail. Go ahead. Use Instacart. Make sure that you can take one more thing off of your list as a full-time Black woman. Just let someone else handle it for you. It's okay. Live in a little bit of luxury. Yes. So click on the link and let them know we sent you. Fulltimeblackwomen.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. Um, so moving, moving right along because I have had to drop all of my catcher's mitts off at Goodwill because they are worn out from catching all the gems. So <laughs> if going. Yes. Yes. Be a rapper. One, two, one, two. Right. So Steph, if there is one final, final piece of advice that you could share with our audience, what would it be? Um, I'm trying to think about something that I haven't stressed before. Well, I could go through it. You already said, you said, buy me motherfucking coffee. Right. If you want some of my time, yep. set it up on my calendar if you want my time. Don't you dare ask me to be your mentor because the answer is no. Ooh. And also, you need to make sure that you thank me after you took some of my time. And Boom. come with the questions. Don't come with just uh, conversations. Come with some questions so I can get to the point because you only got 15 minutes. I'm sorry. Now it's 13. Mm. So yeah. And be authentic. Yes. Because I know that. Here's my last gem. Okay. Faith is believing that everything in the universe has conspired to lead you to where you are right now. Don't ever take that for granted. Mm. I live by that because we might not always see what the plan is. It is not a straight and narrow road. It is not, um, it, it is not linear at all ever. But we have to know that nothing happens by mistake. That means we work towards it or we call it out, call it out in abundance and Mm -hmm. keep it. But we have to know that we're right where we're supposed to be, even if it doesn't seem that way. And the same way that you've gotten to where you are is the same way that you'll get where you're going, right? Don't ever give up that tenacity. Don't ever give up that want. Because those things are so important. And I'm going to stress again in in, in the same way as faith is faith will never ask you to do anything that's against you to get to where you want to go. (laughs) Never compromise, never compromise who you are ever. Why? Because if it makes you uncomfortable, because first of all, a lie is the hardest thing to carry in life, Mm -hmm. right? If you present yourself as a lie, you're going to have to be that lie for the rest of your life. It's not sustainable. You're going to fire some, you, somebody going to fire go you. Crazy. What you, mm-hmm. what yes. you have to write. So then, and it also is because when you reach these places of abundance and grace in these periods of the best parts of your life, you never want to question how you got there. You never want to say it's because I did this thing that was out of my character. I slept with this person that I shouldn't have. You mm-hmm. want it all to yourself. You want to be able to look at yourself and God and say, I got here because of all the things that I did in my right mind that made me feel good. You never want to question yes, where you were. Yes. So just live in a place of authenticity and faith. And I think everything else is uh, negotiable, right? Uh, everything else is figure outable. 
when you are authentic and faithful. Can I, Gabby, we just, I'm having it up. I don't have any, I don't have any room in my heart and in my mind left right now. I just, you, you touched my spirit and my soul and I just, please, please y'all. Please yeah. Continue to listen. This is cheetah chance. Hong Kong beat me. Listen and run this back if you need to hear more about it. But also we want to make sure that we hear from you. So yes. wherever you're listening to our podcast, go ahead and rate your review. We love fives. You know, Steph came with the fives. Come on, ask mm-hmm. more fives so what she bring it to it too. <laughs> go ahead. If you have any questions for us, you can always send us an email, contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. We are full-time black women at, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter at FT Black Woman. Absolutely. This is wonderful. This is a conversation that we full-time Black women need to have. Because yes. first of all, when we are unfamiliar with something, we shy away from it. And yeah. I feel like mentorship is one of those things where it's just like, well, I just ain't going to have one there. Whatever. It, or you constantly keep putting yourself in these abusive relationships, chasing after yep. someone to get their mm. attention. And you're not benefiting from it, but you're putting so much investment or time and energy into it, but you're not getting anything in the back way. A mentorship should be a relationship is give and take, not just take yep. and yes. not just give. So mm. that is wonderful stuff. So we get to the point. key. Mm-hmm. Reciprocity, oh, yeah. authenticity. We said something else. <laughs> I don't know what else, but all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. All <laughs> so, Steph, we want to know what does it mean to you to be a full time Black woman? I think a full time Black woman inherently is a boss, right? In whatever she does. Uh, a full time Black person is a woman who questions herself knowing that it only makes her better, right? Mm. You know, you take criticism well and you use it to flourish. Um, and you have the desire and the knowledge to know that you have to lift as you climb. And that's hard, right? You have to be authentic enough to know when you have to pull back and when you have to give in, but mm-hmm. you have to know that, you know, you never get there by yourself and you don't want to be the only one there by the time you leave. Um, so full-time black women is just amazing. It's just being amazing and abundant and full of grace and faith. I mean, we're, we're the leaders inherently of everything. We're the mothers mm. of everything. Um, it's just everything. I love being a full-time black woman. It's my favorite thing about full time. Full-time <laughs> black woman. Full-time. Full-time black woman. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I just, I can't. I can't. Thank you guys so much for having me. I know I talk too much. And no. Girl, we run our mouth. But you run our mouth. I hope it was uh, something that you wanted it to be. I feel fulfilled by it. I feel wonderful. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, that's all yes. we do, right? At least we run our mouth. M-O-U-F. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but yes, we hope everybody listening got all the gems and everything. Really took some tips away from this conversation because it is one, like you just said, that we need to have. And 
We are so happy, Steph, to have had you here to run your MOUF with us and (laughs) really enlighten those listening and those who will listen to this in the future and everything else, what a mentee-mentor relationship is, what it can look like, what it doesn't have to look like, and the value that comes with that relationship, which is a balance. I love it. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Steph. And we are definitely bringing you back. Like we will set up the time on your calendar. Okay. Like you ain't got to worry about, we don't want to get dismissed. (laughs) And I never talked to them again. I mean, except when I said like, uh, that sweatshirt, I was curved, but (laughs) (laughs) that was okay. Okay. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to the next time. Yes, yes. So one more clap for the wonderful, fantastic, dynamic, and highly educated all the way around, Steph. And we would like to close this one out. So thank you once again for joining us. We hope you come back for another episode. And remember, we are here for you full time from Coffee to Wine. And play your power perfectly. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Full-Time Black Woman is created, recorded, and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time Black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. If you have questions or want to add to today's topic, send us an email to contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at fulltimeblackwoman and on Twitter at ftblackwoman.